No, it's not sexual. It's no. something where they get it's, like a tingle, like right. listening it's hard to, to it. it. It's hard I used to, to get it with Bob Ross when yeah. I watch Bob Ross. That's right. When yeah, I was that a kid. Could, yeah. And so like when I was a kid, and even today, if I were to watch Bob Ross, I would this weird sort it's of a, euphoria would. That's right. Would, it's yeah, a combination of the presentation and the sound, mm-hmm. as opposed to me when I watch Bob Ross just furiously masturbating. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> Gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This is your weekly podcast that delivers a minute-by-minute breakdown of the 1986 Transformers movie. Yeah, yeah! We are at episode 36, which is covering minute 3501 to the 36-minute mark. I am your host, Aaron, here with my wintry cold collective of computerized comrades, my co-hosts. Please introduce yourselves. I am Ryan. And I am Caleb. And are we halfway through what's what's the halfway mark for this? Uh, oh gosh, eighty-five divided by two-ish, forty something and a half. Oh god. Yeah, we're listen. Cold. I every episode that we go, I get a little like a sad because it does have a, a lifespan. I like doing this. This is one of my favorite creative things to do, and it's like it does have an end date. And I'm like, cancer, kill me now. <laughs> Super. <laughs> we'll put his picture up at R.I.P. Caleb. He doesn't have cancer, everybody. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, if Transformers were real, and I'm not saying they're not, because like God, we have no proof that they're not real, but if they are real, what Transformer do you think would give the best gifts as we approach the holiday season here? Mm. Um, um, I think I think Bumblebee seems very um, uh, nice. He's thoughtful. Yeah, and he spends a lot of time with Spike, so he understands how important material goods are to humans. <laughs> He I, seems like he'd give some good gift cards. Yeah, all right, Best Buy. All I want is an Amazon gift card. That's all I'm getting, asking anybody to give me anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, that's that that I'm. It's so, so much easier for me. I can get exactly what I want. I don't have to pretend I like what somebody gave me. Whatever you like, everything I've ever given you. It's I'm, fine. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine the sound wave like opening his chest and presents flying out of it. <laughs> That or that or I think Wheelie would he would make a good stocking stuffer. I think I think Wheelie would be the type of guy who would be like a child where it brings you like a pine cone with like crayon markings on it. Peanut butter. Wheelie say happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Thank you for indulging in that. So hey guys, we have a new iTunes review. Sweet. Awesome. Head- uh, the headline is my favorite Transformers podcast. Yeah. Oh, these mine guys too. these guys are hilarious. Great impressions, especially <laughs> the guy that does Starscream. Wait a minute. Mm, wait. <laughs> so I'd like to thank our iTunes reviewer Two Man War. Uh, <laughs> all right, Todd. So this might be you. <laughs> Well, I realized I can't believe I hadn't done it yet. I haven't either. I'm doing it in a, a little bit. I actually thought exactly of doing the exact same thing, of saying how funny and handsome Ryan, that Ryan guy is. I like how I like that we, we have charted. We are, what yeah. is it, we're the number 18. We That's rank true. 
18. That's right. For Transformers podcast. That's right. We're number 18. I mean, we I did it. <laughs> I don't know if that's official that we're 18, but um, but what I will say is that uh, I mean, we are the 18th thing. If you were to search Transformers, <laughs> it doesn't. It's not like it says number 18, yeah. but we are the 18th thing. If we get more reviews on iTunes, it will make it go up. Yes, I mean, the I more s- reviews and the more, like, and more subscribers, s- s- subscribers uh-huh. yeah, you get the higher the result. So I'm begging our listeners, if you have not yet put a review on iTunes, just say five stars and thumbs <laughs> up. It sure. Can, it can, it'll takes like five seconds. Just do it. We want to see if we can become number 17. How about this? I say between, let's put out a challenge. November nineteenth. If you review, let us know and tweet at us. And or... actually, and tweet at us. Send us a PM or contact us. We've got right. all our shits out there. It's not that hard. Yeah, we have ways for you to get. We're going to send you a little personalized Ooh. something, something. We're really? not going to tell you what it is, but Do it's going to be something. So they they need to give their uh, home address or PO yeah, yeah, box. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And your social security number, please. So that actually entails that you have to leave a comment. You have to comment. You can't just go in and rate. Rate and comment. And let us know. And, and then let us know. And then something a little special Five stars. Five well, yeah, stars. five stars. Don't do do this four and a half bullshit. <laughs> you can do halves? I don't know. I don't think you can. I don't you know. can only average out to halves. I don't know. So that's our lie about how you feel about us. Yeah. We don't, it doesn't have to be true. <laughs> Just give us five stars. If and it's a three a, star, it can be three stars in your heart. And so they'll get, <laughs> and, and so they'll receive a special gift in the mail from us. Uh, something it's personal. It's the holidays, guys. Something personal, and it won't. Each one will be different, unique, and one of a kind. Yes. All right. Cool. It's on. It kicks off on the nineteenth of November, and we'll say through Christmas. Cool. Yeah, because that gives people the opportunity, like. Yeah. They're visiting family and friends over uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. It gives yeah, and you don't chance. want to talk to your stupid family, so d- go into go and lock I, yourself well, in the bathroom. No. Listen to our no, podcast. No, no, they need to talk to their stupid family so they can tell them about the APOD decast. Tell them about our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it'll end December twenty fifth. Get crazy, Uncle Joe, interested in the uh, in the podcast. We'd yeah. love to have him on board, Uncle Joe. Trans what? <laughs> I, I don't. I, that sounds like some. I, is I that Japanese? A, I had it. Oh, God, Joe, I, you I hate lovable this. racist. <laughs> Last episode recap: We got Unicron attacking Moonbase One, Jazz and Cliffjumper reporting what was happening to them, to the Autobots on Earth, mm-hmm. and uh, Jazz and Cliffjumper run to a ship. Uh, did they take off? They started to take off. They yeah, hit they some hadn't buttons. taken off light yet. And so that brings us to the top of the 35th minute here. And you know what happens? Those bros blast off. And right up top when it does blast off, again, we see like that heat shimmer. Yeah. And I am always a sucker for like that heat shimmer, which is way back in the in the uh, Siege of Autobot City when Devastator crushed that cannon. Mm-hmm. You saw like some blue heat waves come out. Yeah. I just think mm-hmm. it looks so cool. It's a good yeah. effect. In general, I've kind of cataloged this sequence of Unicron attacking Moonbase as part of like one of the good parts in terms of like the animation, animation technicality. Really good, like yeah. there's some stuff on Earth, some of the the Prime Megatron fighting that didn't look so good, but like most of this is really really oh, solid. Yeah. Yeah, this, yeah. this sequence, um, but uh, so they take off and uh, they get a little bit out there, but uh, their yeah. engines start to cut out and they we're not getting away. 
they get sucked and in. And right here so at uh, 3511, there's just a straight up butthole going into his uh, tooth anus. <laughs> like, it's it's one of the pits on Moonbase 1, but it l just looks like a butthole to me. It's just so kind of weird. What happens to their ship? They get sucked in? Or yeah, what? they get sucked into Unicron. And this is the thing. But like, that, does that mean they die? Well, who knows? It's uh, But, like, uh, I mean, this is the thing again. So we're just watching, like, it's a snuff, again, a snuff film for Autobots because it's like, oh, presumably they're dead. So Jazz and Cliffjumper have now been killed. Uh, <laughs> I will see spoilers soon what happens to Spike and Bumblebee. Um, but it's like, basically, you've eliminate, you will, in the next couple minutes, eliminate every old Autobot that you loved and cared about. But actually, they had a lot more they could have drawn from. You don't see guys like Huffer, Beachcomber. True. And part of it, as we've spoken in the past, is that as this movie was being animated, they didn't know those characters existed because it was on a parallel path with season mm -hmm. two. But there's even season one guys you don't see. Fuck, I don't know. Perceptive was a season two guy. Yeah, there was plenty to, well, yeah, that's true. There was plenty to draw from, and they were using some. But, um, okay, so uh, Spike and Bumblebee, now, after this planet mm -hmm. is devoured, they're going to kind of Skype in from <laughs> Moonbase 2. And like Jazz and Cliffjumper, they're reporting back to Earth. And their report is that uh, Moonbase 1 is fucked. And it looks like they are too. They're going to try and slow it down, but it is not looking good. The transmission starts to fuzz out. Daniel is alarmed. Dad! Daddy! Yeah. Well, he's basically just... Uh, in his <laughs> mind, watched his dad's death right. <laughs> coming up. Um, and this is interesting because in uh, Spike is wearing his exosuit, and in um, the uh, season one and two, when humans are on Cybertron, they can breathe. So presumably, mm -hmm. Cybertron has an atmosphere, but the moons do not. It's just they've they've become more. No, I think what the movies said, you know, they've obviously more sophisticated, more, more scientifically accurate. Well, and maybe <laughs> he's and maybe he's doing work. Maybe he's putting work in, and he needs the exosuit. True, as we will see, the exosuits have uh, some just, advantage. Maybe, to wear it. Right? I mean, it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I want one. Yeah, Spike grew up into a handsome man. Yeah, I like. I mean, yeah, he's a uh, he's a dreamboat. He's got like some sideburns going on. He's got like, future sideburns. Watch uh, Spike here. He like nervously looks to his left. I like. I was gonna mention that at um uh what where is it? Yeah, keep um, going for it, and then you'll see. Then immediately his 30, eyes shift. Thirty-five twenty-four. He does a side eye. <laughs> but, then, but then watch him all of a sudden boink forward. Yeah. Boink. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's. Uh, I mean, I guess it is two thousand five, but it's still a trendsetter for side eye. Yeah. So they say, we'll try and slow it down, but you better get here fast. Then it distorts. And I'm like, you better get here fast. There was just a yeah. huge war on Earth. 30% of our best guys are dead. Yeah. One, we're not going to be there fast. <laughs> Two, why would we ever even come there to begin with? Yeah. And three, good luck. We're not coming at all. Sorry, Daniel. You're an orphan now. Yeah. <laughs> also, you saw how quickly Moonbase 1 was dispatched. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you better get here in the next minute. Yeah. There's nothing anybody can do. So the other thing that I thought was weird about this sequence is, why is the signal for Jazz and Cliffjumper from our previous minute so Through faint. Blaster, yeah. But the connection here is so clear. And they've got video. video. And it's I think, very clear. I think maybe Unicron's presence causes a distortion. So um, since okay. it's not I, close to it I yet, will go back to the, I will go back to the thing that Jazz and Cliffjumper are idiots. <laughs> they are. 
<laughs> the most incompetent duo. They're the Laurel and Hardy of the yeah. Autobots. They don't. They're like we have a we have a video. We, they didn't even know they probably they probably were just not aware that they had video capability. <laughs> right. Again, we yeah we see Daniel at thirty five twenty nine and uh, uh, sitting with RC and uh, I mean she kind of becomes like a protector in the show as well and and then later Daniel becomes her fucking head. That's right. Which look, is weird. Look yeah. at the um. All right, so look at the uh, cool uh, landscape here, of yeah. the moonscape of Moonbase. Yeah, Moonbase 2. It, it is interesting because Moonbase 2, we're at uh, 3531. It does look way different than Moonbase 1. It has more one. organic quality mm-hmm. yeah, to like it almost. Feeding back, feeding sort of back into that... Um, that and, yeah. Yeah, speaking of uh, how good the animation is, I really love these parts where they're setting the auto... Uh, Bumblebee and Spike are setting an auto-destruct to try to slow Unicron down. I, I like the red light. I like... I mean, I just think everything looks really good. So Bumblebee is plugging in some wires, which mm-hmm. I guess creates a bomb. He's hooking up the bomb. And uh, activates the explosives. Uh, so he kind of plugs everything in. Uh, Spike does a little tweedly dee and sets the timer for mm-hmm. 20, whatever that means. And uh, is it 20 seconds? seconds. Is it 20 minutes? Seconds. Well, that is a terrible time. It is. It is. It, <laughs> like, and I, I, you I, can't do anything in 20 I seconds. I talk about this later. It's like to get to the shuttle, uh, that pre-fight sequence in the shuttle must be like... Just hit a button and we go. That I hope shuttle needs no... to already be on. They yeah, just I, need to get on and. I hit hope there's forward. no keys you have to find. Um, but uh, yeah, and I am also again uh, a sucker for an, a good old fashioned auto destruct sequence. Uh, <laughs> it happens in like every other uh, uh, Star Trek episode. <laughs> and movie. Mm-hmm. And well, that's what I meant. A movie. Um, and then uh, I don't know why Bumblebee doesn't turn into a car. Yeah, <laughs> hop into me. Yeah, let's and, do and this. Drive. I guess it's pretty close. But one thing I do love about this is I timed it, and so many times in auto destruct sequences they cheat, and they do cheat a little, but only by two seconds. I timed it too. It says twenty-two seconds. Yeah, that's so weird. How did you decide where to start it? Because nobody actually hits the start button on the timer. Mm-hmm. He sets the timer, then Bumblebee comes up and is like, let's get out of here. And then they just both run away. Nobody hits the start button. I, I tried to, because it changes from 20 to 19, so I kind of like tried to... Do you, so I, do you think that there? they had, they when they were doing the, pa- the, the pacing in this sequence, that they, uh, the, the, maybe at least the editing, they had to, uh, they, they wanted to try to hit that at 20? I don't know, man. It's pretty amazing. Like, yeah. for, especially for an animated movie, like to yeah. get that right. It's cool when the panels are ripping up. You see like animated like circuits and stuff below the surface mm-hmm. of the moon there. That's a thing. And that's one of my pet peeves is whenever they cheat and All it's right. like five, four, uh, five, four. <laughs> it's like it just three, three, two. Yeah. <laughs> so at thirty-five forty-two, you're gonna see Unicron descending on the planet. Spike and Bumblebee are running towards the ship. Debris is flying everywhere. It's gonna blow. And uh, at about the 3550 mark, the explosive timer continues to count down. Mm-hmm. Their ship takes off. Love, again, a great uh, ignition. ignition sequence here. And they blast off. Unicron continues to ingest the moon base, which another like awesome ingestion sequence. They, mm-hmm. The they, way it they get away. Into they get away all right. I love the like. Gosh, how complicated to animate. We're looking at, we're paused at 3559, mm-hmm. and his, his uh, whatever, mandibles, if you will, have Fangs. just kind of inserted themselves, and they're pushing into the mouth. And the way the planet just crumbles under the pressure of It's a know, very complex animation. Like, it just looks awesome. I mean, it is like eating a cookie to him. 
And really, the minute ends at that moment. Uh, you kind of all, you, we don't even get to the zero nope. on the timer. Does the planet blow up or not? Well, we have to wait until the next episode. <sighs> <laughs> All right. So there are some frustrating things where I'm like, I wish we could just talk about that. <laughs> yeah. That actually, the next episode act- ends very cleanly. Hey. Yeah, it does. does. This it ends, does. This ends cleanly it's too. Fairly I mean, clean. Stops at zero. This is better. It's than a most. real cliffhanger. This is better yeah. than most. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do. I do have a few notes on a voice actor that we've covered superficially, but well, not superficially. We covered him in detail. Dan Gilvezan, the voice of. Bumblebee. I just dug in a little bit and I found an mm-hmm. interesting I, some things I learned about him that were kind of interesting for those who might want to dig a little deeper. So there was an interview on YouTube uh, from a con. Uh, what was called TF Expo. Actually, it was in like Wichita, Kansas, or something like that. We need to keep train, an eye out. There's, trains don't run out of Wichita. Listen, you're a hog building? or cattle. What's Wait, that, what's that from? What the hell are you talking? People about? train. People train run out of Stubville. <laughs> It's trains, planes, and automobiles. Right. Anyway, for the, for the Thanksgiving season. That's anyway, right. Go ahead. So, uh, at any rate, we should keep an eye out on some of those smaller cons. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get booked. Yeah, we could be a panel. We, we do the panel. Pa- we record live, like I want to do that you guys don't want to do. I would, I, I, I'm okay with. Wait that. a minute. Where are you getting? We don't want to do it. I suggested it, and you guys thought I was an asshole. I don't. I, I just. I think you were suggesting it for a big one, and it was seemed unrealistic. No way, man. It's realistic. We're number 18 on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we uh, we just beat, uh, I, I can't remember what it was. It was called, like, Team Transformers. We beat your ass, Team Transformers. We can't do this. But, we, but, but here's the deal. We still I, I like te- you. If you I, actually, I checked out Team Transformers. It's not even a Transformers podcast. It's, like, business uh, business insights. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they're transforming they're, teams. They're exactly. That's really funny. <laughs> That's awesome. But anyway, Dr. Dan Gilvezan, TF Expo interview 2015, conducted by Vangelis, which you guys probably don't know who that is, but I watch I Vangelis, Vangelis Not is. the composer. This oh. is a Transformers toy reviewer. No, don't look so sad. You just didn't know. You're ignorant. <laughs> just Caleb turns away. You're not stupid. You're ignorant. I'm turning So around. anyway. I don't remember that. Um, he he interviewed Dan Gilvezan and Dan Gilvezan first of all has a very Alan 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 Alda vibe about him. Mm. He looks like Alan Alda and sounds like Alan Alda like an old in his hippie. normal in his normal talk. But anyway, he's written a book called Bumblebee and Me: Life as a G1 Transformer. Has 4.5 stars on Amazon. So if you were to want to buy me something for Christmas. <laughs> Are you, writing, are you, writing are you asking song? us or the <laughs> listeners? I'm asking whoever. Now I'm going to get 50 copies of this <laughs> fucking book. He also has two other books. He has one called Drowned in Grenadine or How to Fail in Show Business by Really Trying, which is a fictionalized account of Dan's time in Hollywood. And he also has recently, or in the last few years, put out a, something called Soul, a novel. Hmm. And I don't. And it's a pure fiction novel. So about, he's, about he's, sh- uh, he's writing some shit. It's about nice. shoes. I'll let you think about what you've done. (laughs) So that's all I've got on voice actors. Um, I did have uh, just a little bit on Spike in particular. Um, And I guess I haven't, I didn't, I have read most of the G1 comics, but maybe I forgot or never knew that Buster and Spike are two different characters in the books. Right. Um, Buster is Spike's Spike little brother. Right, right. Uh, I guess I just wiped that from my memory because I was reading uh, about Spike, and like in the comics, he's a dick. 
Is he? He's a fucking straight up asshole. <laughs> like he comes back from college to find out that Buster's been kidnapped and um, that uh, Sparkplug, their dad, um, is all involved with these Transformers. Like maybe you never would have mentioned that on the phone or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but like, yeah, and and so he almost died early in the comics and yes. came back and hated the Transformers because he almost died. Mm-hmm. And, and Spike never knew about that. Nah, he was just fucking banging co-eds and smoking <laughs> weed. Um, and so, but Spike uh, gets together with Fortress Maximus, right. basically becomes a headmaster, for, mm-hmm. you know, to Fortress Maximus, but only to rescue Buster. And then after he rescues Buster, he's like, nah, I'm done. And literally, well, not literally, but mothballs uh, Fortress Maximus in the arc and just deactivates him and goes back to his life. And then... Uh, I think he comes back at a certain point. He does. I think Fortress Maximus becomes a leader of the Autobots yes. at a certain point. Yes, he does it a couple of times. As Spike, with Spike as his, mm-hmm. as his it, it head happened, guy's head. Yeah, it happens, yeah, his head guy's head. It's levels upon levels. But it, it happens a couple of times where Spike comes back. It's always for, like, weird, selfish reasons, though. And then um, uh, whenever uh, Fortress Maximus battles Galvatron, whenever the Autobots are really... It's, it's called the last Autobot. I don't remember the issue number. Um, I think it's, like... 80. Yeah, it's high. I think it's the final one. Mm-hmm. It's after Unicron's defeated. But um, uh, Fortress Maximus, uh, Spike agrees to join with him again, and um, uh, Fortress Maximus basically takes over and it suppresses his consciousness, and then whenever he's fighting Galvatron, he can't beat him and has to tap into Spike to help him, and Spike's just being a little bitch. is like, man, I don't know, maybe you do, maybe, maybe I don't want to help you, and then agrees to help him. I want to get my master's degree. <laughs> and like, yeah, so they beat Galvatron, head, and it's like, he's, he's just an <laughs> asshole at every step. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so Bob Budiansky wrote, created the early comics from scratch and the characters and all that. I don't know. I mean, I guess the comics probably came out before the cartoon. And so I'm just want because Sparkplug is always the name of the father figure. Yes. But Buster is the name of the human figure, human character in the comics. I don't know why they changed it to Spike for the show. The show. I'm trying to remember. And Sam was the name they gave the Shia LaBeouf character for the movies. Sam Whitley. Was it? I think so. Wow, the name changes. <laughs> but yeah, I know. I mean, but maybe Spike feels like two '80s, so I could see why you change it for the 2000s movies. But sure. But I don't know. Whatever. The, but um, I just wonder at what point they decided this needs to converge because mm-hmm. in the cartoon, the the final. Um, the final U.S. cartoons that had the headmasters, Spike did become the head of the guy that became the head of Fortress Maximus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. In the comics, also, Fortress Maximus was not as giant no, as he was. No, he's not much larger than Galvatron. Yeah, he's just a little bit bigger than the other headmasters, which I don't understand that either. But, um... Where were we going with this? Nothing. I was just Spike. talking about... <laughs> a, I, just went, I just went down a rabbit hole last night about Spike, and I'm like, oh, yeah... I, because I'm thinking one of our earlier episodes, I mentioned um, that Spike was the one who found uh, Prime's head in one of the early comics, but it's not. It's Buster. So I, uh, you know, correct myself on that. Gotcha. 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 Rip deviations. <laughs> Mine's pretty short. My version, uh, which as we've discussed in the past, is gotta be 
a more recent version than your version. We think your version is a, a, a early, a really early, early draft. My yeah. version that I've been following is probably you know maybe the the draft right before the it's final a little, draft. Little, it's more little down for sure. But the the difference on mine is that when Spike and Bumblebee contact Earth, they reach Ultra Magnus on what is a portable communication device, not the 1990s public library monitor that we see them on in the movie. And Spike tells Ultra Magnus that it's a terrible nightmare. <laughs> um, finally. Uh, this is actually really interesting, and there's sort of a an, either an editing flub, but we'll, so we're going to get to Galvatron and giving his Cybertron and its moons mm-hmm. line in the next minute. But in the script, he delivers that line in between the moon crunchings. So put a pin in that because we'll come back to it. Okay. But technically, in by the script that I have, Moonbase one gets eaten. Then Galvatron's like, rah, 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 Unicron, and then the next one gets eaten. Hmm. But that's not the way it happens on screen. Yeah, that doesn't work as well. It's sequenced I, weird. I mean, I, I think actually it could work better. It could, but like Unicron's reaction. We'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so in mine, mine, this one's pretty short. Um, if you remember from last episode, was a it was a, a whole bunch of shit. Um, basically, it was a Unicron coming uh, toward uh, the moon base and, and ingesting it. Or it, it, it's moving toward it. Then in this one, ended with the same thing with Jazz uh, trying to saying we got a blast free. Uh, this one, um, they get into the escape pod and start retro blasters. The flame of the blasters whirling in wild winds, which is some good alliteration. And the moon is sucked closer, closer, closer. Then we go to Galvatron. So this may be yeah similar to yours. Mm-hmm. Galvatron in the Hall of Heroes. This is, he reacts. He says, "Cybertron and its moons are mine." <laughs> It, he's saying that to Unicron. Like, he's just don't, he's screaming it. Don't eat the moons, they're mine. He's just screaming it. And he says, Ingester has no right to absorb any of oh, them. Okay. Okay. So yeah, he's so, just yeah, screaming. He's being possessive, okay. Uh, the moon is now very close to Unicron's maw, and the moon is being dragged closer, closer, and a beam of cold light on that moon in the escape pod. And this is, again, uh, Cliff Jumper, ignition, and uh, more quakes. And then Jazz says, hit it! And it blasts off and away from Unicron with an explosion. The moon is sucked completely into Unicron's maw, which closes around it with a snap and a juicy series of slurping noises. What's up with these juices? I don't slurp. I don't know. Which. If, if anybody could have made goodbye, those, listeners who hate that. <laughs> if anybody could have made a slurping sound for for this, it would have been <laughs> our man Orson Orson Welles. Mm-hmm. He probably had the residue of a steak that he'd had prior Just to stuck doing, in his teeth. Yeah, uh, got like half a lamb. Orson Welles strikes me as the type of guy that always has a toothpick in his mouth. That was a delicious four chickens I had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the color of Unicron changes again, and the illumination within Unicron shifts and glows in an odd series of patterns, which I guess like a crystal ball or something, like a cloudy crystal ball. Um, and uh, then the ghostly voice of Ingester. <laughs> and uh, in this one, there's no moon base, too. So that's mm. the end of that uh, really? sequence. Yeah. Wait a minute. In the last sequence, didn't you say... There were three moon bases? It's set... Mm, yeah, it's like... 
it's real confusing because it says there's like Moonbase 3, but it never, it, it seems to be like it, it was reduced to one Moonbase and maybe he forgot to take it out of this part. I guess. But, <laughs> By a factor of two. Yes. <laughs> so there's only one Moonbase, uh, unless there's something after the next minute because that's the only one that I've read forward to. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's the end of that. It. Don't spoil it. Well, maybe it's time to bring out... Uh, We can. I am the ghost of the iconic moment. <laughs> you know. <laughs> what do you guys got? Uh, Caleb, why don't you go first? Oh God. Uh, oh. Uh, Aaron, why don't you go first? Okay, Aaron. <laughs> uh, my, I just wrote down Unicron's fangs and teeth sinking into the moon base. That whole ingestion sequence. I mean, he eats these planets like they're like they're sugar cookies. I mean, they just crumble. Under the the weight and is pressure. that how you eat sugar cookies? Just shoving the whole thing in your I, and I shove face. them in. I've I do and I shove them in like vertically. So, like, <laughs> so, so the you, if I, you were to watch me do it, you'd see the circle, the whole circle of the cookie in your mouth, stri- and you, in my mouth, and I just put pressure on it until it, it just, goes, it just destroys <laughs> exactly, exactly. Shards down, down with shoot out of your mouth. noises. Yeah. Huge giant sugar cookies too. Um, I would say my favorite <laughs> fucking shit. I would say mine is um, when the escape pod uh, thrusters, uh, Jazz and, and uh, uh, Cliff Jumper's escape pod, their thrusters like sputter out and they start to get sucked back into the planet when you realize they're not going to escape. Because again, we're just watching all of our <laughs> favorites. I don't quote, die. You're dead. I'm just gonna have to say I I don't want to bullshit. I don't have an iconic. <laughs> okay. They, they don't. You don't have to have one. You know what? It's not a mandate. I thought this was our mandate. It is. Aww, Aww. it is. Let's hug everybody. Yeah. Oh, wait. I didn't ask for this. I did. Okay. Okay, So, guess what? Next time on the Autobot Decepticast. We are going to up the action, fellas, and take this podcast into PG territory. Mm -hmm. That's it. No. <laughs> all right. Yeah. That's all you need, really. That's Shit. God damn. <laughs> Fucking nice. Get off your house and jam. <laughs> Isn't, that a, <laughs> Isn't that a thing? Parliament Funkadelic? Shit. I don't know, man. God damn. Get, get off your off horse your, and jam. Get off your ass and Get jam. off your ass and jam. Get off your horse. That was a sample by Grandmaster Flash. He sampled it from Parliament. Shit. Yeah. God damn. Let's end this podcast episode. All right, everybody, listen to the show. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and tune in. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at APODDCast. And, of course, there's the web presence at autopoddecepticast.com. Yeah, check out the web presence because I always do put some extra stuff, like tangential things we talk about. I put them up on the podcast episode uh, page, so check that out. Don't forget about our contest. Rate and subscribe. If you give us five stars, we're going to send you a Special gift. Five stars and, and a review. And a review. Yes. And let us know about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell all your friends and family, uh, you know, over the holidays, we need more people to listen to Email us. us your contact or your, your address, and we'll maybe send you a little something for the holidays. It'll be great. It'll be great. You'll like it. All right, guys, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Talk guys. Thank you, listeners. Yeah. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. So I was saying earlier that uh, I've been listening to a lot of like 
beef beef raps, battle raps, like hip hop. I just shit. wish the raps were about like burgers. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's is better than Burger a beef, King. A beef about beef. <laughs> That's right. Beef rap. Uh, beef gonna rap. get your teeth capped. Sorry, that's uh, MF2. But the, mm-hmm. it made me think about um, like some people are kings of the beef rap, of battle rapping and all yes. that kind of stuff. And it made me th- realize, I think I'm the king of wedding toasts. <laughs> I've done so many wedding toasts, and each one has progressively gotten better. Yours was good, but I was just young, up and coming at that time. Yours so it was, was good, yours, but it was... Yours was definitely... Mem- it was a it was a toast. Yeah. <laughs> and then with Ryan, I got even better. Mm-hmm. I brought out audio visuals. I did some face morphing type stuff. Showed what their kids would look like if they ever made it. I don't know if you recall thank, that. I thank did, God we didn't. I did some mad Photoshop stuff. I don't remember that. I do. I remember that. And then I did trays as well. I did one for for. You did Trey. a full on rap to him. And right? I yeah, I basically rewrote the entire. Fresh Prince of Bel Air song and told their story to the beat of Fresh I, Prince I of Bel Air. I find that sample right with just Maybe. instrumental only. Yeah, I think. Were I, you yeah, at that I was, wedding? No, it was recorded. It was it was recorded. Maybe I could find it. I think his uh, cousin found it. But the thing that felt like made me think of battle rapping is because and all the other ones we did. I think you probably gave speeches at Ryan's. I know Ryan gave speeches at yours. We were all probably pretty even in our speech ability. But I bodied that tray one so hard because it was Emma's sister that came up and did one before me and she just gave one of those like typical sort of like basic bridesmaids type speeches with a few Hit kind of points. like yeah a few kind of like little jabs and all that kind of stuff but then like mine was so hardcore <laughs> that she shouldn't have even got up there man man what if she had she to follow like, that she, shit I like <laughs> I know I, like how you I told her to go first like I told Renee to go first too when she gave a speech at your wedding I was like you go first you don't want to follow this <laughs> <laughs> I like how you feel like it's a competition I know it's not a competition at all but in my head it has to be because I know mine was so much better. <laughs> I mean, I remember think like I was. I remember couching it in terms of a competition at Caleb's wedding. Like, hmm, I think mine was better. <laughs> Do you um, anticipate doing any more toasts? Having any more weddings? I don't know. I doubt it. Who, who's going to get? I mean, I guess Ryan could get married to West. Could happen. Oh, yeah.